Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the WEEI Classic Broadcast, live from Timeout Market on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. We're into hour two from Timeout Market, right down the street from Fenway Park, where the Winter Classic will be played. And for the next hour or so, Bruins legend Mike Milbury and Hart, we learned a little bit about uh, Mike Milbury because the very first Winter Classic was held January 1st, 2008. And Mike, you have been a part of every one of these in some way, shape or form. I have. And it's uh, the first one was was fun. It was so unique, different. Uh, the snow was falling in Buffalo. And the game ends with a Sidney Crosby goal. It was, uh, you couldn't have written a better script. And they've been, you know, these things are not so much about the game as about the event and nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. And I guess they're going to do a bunch of things that are different here today at Fenway. Kind of looking forward to seeing what they can concoct. But eventually, they drop the puck and you got to play a game. And the Bruins, they've got enough leadership and so does Pittsburgh to realize that and they've both been in it a number of times, so they'll get around to it. It may take them a little while. I mean, anytime you have festivities galore before a game, it takes a, away from your concentration and your focus, and, you know, we'll see what happens with this one. But uh, I think the last game that they played was was at Gillette, wasn't it? Yep, that'd be correct. And, yep. they, and they stunk yep. in that game. So they, mm-hmm. they owe us one, right? Yeah, I was there. They stunk. Yeah, they well, stunk it was that really bad. <laughs> so do you, do you like the Winter Classic? Uh, in this, I mean, it's kind of a gimmick, right? It's sort of yeah, a sure it is. Ex, uh, exhibition. But do, as an old school hockey guy, do you like it? I, you know, I suppose I'm supposed <laughs> to say yes, but no, I don't. I mean, it's a, it's a gimmick. It should be an exhibition game, maybe. But, but it, it you know, it, it does bring people together to celebrate the sport, which is great. Uh, sells a lot of merchandise for the home team. Um, People come and treat it more like a football game than a hockey game. Yep. You know, outside tailgating, there. I mean, people were here at you know nine thirty, ten o'clock yep. this morning, hanging around, waiting for the game. Just kind of, it's it's like Christmas morning for hockey fans. So it's you know, the game itself has been well. So every NHL game has its ups and downs, or every NHL season. But it's a lot tougher here. You're fighting a lot of elements. Some night, some days there's been snow in your face or glare of the sun. Or, or, or bad ice conditions, but hey, it is what it is, and you know we'll take it for that. Well, I think in terms of a hockey purist like yourself, and say, hey, we got a game to play, you know, and this counts in the standings. Like yep. this yeah. really does mean something. I can understand that end, but I could also see in an era now where you're fighting for relevancy, and I'm talking about every every sport. Like there are very few NFLs where they're just a monolith, and people watch it all the time, right. and it doesn't matter when it's on. But in terms of fighting for the younger fan, the fan who loves hockey, but you love to expand it a little bit, like I can understand the concept of the Winter Classic. But, sure. Mike, you mentioned something about, well, you know, you're curious to see what kind of tweaks they add to it. It's now gotten to the point now around since 08, what, 15 years, it's like, okay, how do we dress it up a little bit more right. than it's just a celebration of the game in these individual markets? Well, you know, they've they've sort of mingled Red Sox and, and Bruins today. I'm not sure exactly right. how that's all going to work out, but I'm sure we're going to see some famous Red Sox uh, alumni in the in the crowd, and we know we're going to have plenty of Bruins alumni in it. And they're Can't configured. wait to see David Ortiz skate. <laughs> <laughs> wait, they don't skate in the Dominican? No, I don't think so. Uh, 
You know, with Ortiz, he could probably do anything. I was right? just going to say, say I mean, if and even a, if he falls, we'll cheer. Right, that, that, right. Is, that is true. He can do anything. No, it is true. But but to your point, it's, it's sort of expanding it a little bit. Okay, there's the cross-pollination of playing in Fenway, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it is interesting that they've hit some of the traditional sort of, you know, they played one in Wrigley, they played one in Fenway. You know what I mean? I know they have one in Gillette. But there's something about those old-timey baseball parks where you throw hockey in there, and to me, it kind of feels like it's something that would have happened in the 50s or the 60s. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, and, and there have been some some great venues. St. Louis was a good one. Notre mm-hmm. Dame was a good one. Michigan was a good one. It was, it's been fun to be part of it. It's been fun to go and see people get charged up to, to be in the – it's not just about the players. It's about the whole community that comes together. To- well, Razor had mentioned that, hey, it's around the holidays. Your family's in town. They right. got to skate. You know, it, it's it's almost like an extension of the holiday season in a way if you play in a game like this. You're exactly right. And, and uh, I don't mean to downplay it, but it's it's tough for these guys to get back into the rhythm of a real regular season game. And God knows the Bruins actually have, have bumped along here for the last four or five games. It's just... I mean, you know, I know it's impossible to get away with tweaking Patrice Bergeron, but they turned the puck over in the top of the slot and the game winner, and then he picked the wrong guy on the back check. He's actually human. I mean, that's how they lost that game. It was, I mean, I, I've never seen that from him. In a, well, not very often, that's for sure. But uh, they've, they've sort of, I don't know, they've lost their mojo just a little they bit. They hit a little turbulence. Yeah, here. that's right. And then Christmas break didn't do them. I mean, Pasternak came back from... The Christmas holiday looked like he'd eaten the whole turkey. I mean, it was. It was he well, he's was the one slow. guy who might be able to get away with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but as a coach, because we are talking about how good the Bruins have been, and even though it's not sustainable to some degree how well they've played, you're not going to go undefeated at home. You're, you know, some of these things. The one that I would point to talking to Razor earlier is the goalie. This is a unique environment for a goalie, and your goalie has been so good. And I likened it to Razor. I said, you hear about these guys that go to the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. They take part in the home run derby, and then their swing is screwed up for a few weeks. As a coach, would you worry about whether it's your goalie or other players in this environment, something affecting their game that could derail them? No, not really. I'd be worried. I mean, it, you have to find out what the ice conditions are because they can be really tricky here. Right. As good as the NHL people are at trying to get this thing right, um, Mother Nature has a way of playing some tricks, and the equipment's not always in the right spot. And it might be cracks along the wall. I'd be most, I'd be most curious to see how the ice conditions are and safety of the group. But I don't think Allmark has had such a tremendous year, and his composure has and focus has been so consistent. I'm not worried about him today. I mean, I'm assuming it's Allmark, but I, I, I'm not worried about him today. I, I have not seen. Uh, I don't know what the word is, transition as a player like this in a long time. I mean, this guy just all of a sudden figured out that he could be one of the best goaltenders, if not the best goaltender in the league. Do you believe it? Do you think this is who he is? I I think, you know, I guess he had a lot of, he had some trouble at home and he had to go through some things and the move from Buffalo. Uh, But, I, I mean, he's got good size. His focus has been remarkable. Uh, his timing of saves, big saves at the right moment has kept this group, mm-hmm. you know, floating along here. Um, and it's, we're now, I mean, sure, I want to see it through the playoffs. I mean, but I don't know what, why it would change right now. He's got a good group of defensemen in front of him, responsible forwards. He seems to have figured out what it takes to be a goaltender. He's aggressive, but not overly so. He's he, he, his vision is seeing the puck as, as good as anybody that I've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I never saw it. I didn't see any of this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming, but it is what it is. And even with this little turbulence, as you called it, I, I think, you know, they'll be able to get back on track. They're too deep. And you get an MVP on the third line. That's a pretty good lineup. Well, that's what I was going to ask is the, the, the depth of this roster is really standing out. And Andrew Raycroft mentioned it to us in hour one, and it's a knock on wood situation. They've been pretty healthy as well. They haven't had to deal with some of the real, you might lose a guy here or there, but they haven't had the ravage of, oh, you got five guys out for three weeks and you got to try to manage it. They've well, been healthy and that helps. They, they, they started the year nicked up, though. Right. you got to give right. them that. Yeah, There's yeah. several guys that were out. But, uh, you know, 
And I, I, as a coach, it's hard to manage your conditioning versus the rest you give players. And it looks like Montgomery is, he's, he's erring on the side of rest. Which sometimes, like I said, Marchand, he's scored some points. And he, was, he was great in the third period. Up to the third period, it looked like he was fighting it. Like I didn't, I thought, he's, he doesn't have those legs. And then, but the competitive little bugger came out in the third period. And he was that whirling dervish that he, you know, he's, he's amazing how he gets away from people. But you've got to worry about their conditioning as well as getting them rested. Right now, it looks like, you know, he gives them a lot of time off. You know, it's interesting. This sounds almost like an NBA discussion right. of the whole load management, load yeah, management, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it, and it, do you think Tatum. that is that just a part of sports now? It it is. I mean, let's face it: eighty-two games for hockey or basketball is a joke. Traveling around the country, this is not about quality of play. It's about the bottom line. It's about making money, and the players want to make money too. It's not just the owners, but it's too much. I've always wish they would cut it back like 15 games or so and 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 <laughs> never happen and i'm never gonna happen now no they've seen the bottom line and they like it where it is and you're right it's the players too because now in all the sports with these caps it's a percentage of so you're right. getting a piece of the That's pie right. too right. so right. if you right. work an extra night you make them extra money. they're just the only ones who have to still put money in escrow which is a right big scheme but anyway i'll leave that alone yeah <laughs> no it's uh Oh, you have I, to can you imagine them. going to the players of the 70s? Sorry, Mike. It's saying to you guys, hey, we, right. just like a house, we need you to break off a piece for escrow. Yeah. That yeah. would have, I'd have loved to have seen those reactions. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, in the 13 years that I played, I I made just a little over what the entry-level salary would be. Man. Which under a million bucks. I mean, that, so we had legitimate complaints, but uh, <laughs> it was, uh, that you is know, true. You're I've making seen some nine of these guys now. The average salary is what three and a half, four. Three, I think it's three point six something. something yeah, yeah. pretty good. Me off. <laughs> you were born in the wrong time, the wrong kidding. era. <laughs> uh, one of the other things Razor brought up was um, sort of a game plan nature to what the Bruins are doing in terms of matchups and moving some things around. Is that where hockey's going? We were comparing it to Bill Belichick as a game plan coach. Oh, we'll do this this week. We'll run it. We'll, then we'll throw it, whatever. Is hockey, is it breaking free from an older maybe mindset? Is that a new age? I don't, I don't think. I mean, you've got coaches that will study videotape and see tendencies. But there's, a, there's a, an organic type to the sport that doesn't happen in football or basketball. I mean, it's just in baseball. The only time it stops is when you face off, right? Right. And, but the rest of the time, it's just free flow. And I don't know how you can scheme stuff. You can – Crosby's in the lineup today for Pittsburgh. I'm sure they've talked about who's going to check Crosby, and you're going to have to be aware of him, and you're going to have to deny him space and, you know, whatever other tidbits that you can pass on. But I, I don't think you can go from a 2-1-2 to a 1-2-2 or whatever defensive scheme you want game by game. I think that's that's – asking a lot for players when things are spinning around out there as fast as they do in the sports. So right. I don't think it's – I know coaches want to manage the game as much as possible. My own philosophy was I want this – my blue line in defensively is mine. Uh, on, the, on the other end, you do what you want. You know you can't turn the puck over at the blue line. You know you can't make blind passes from behind the net. Those are rules that you'll have to follow yourself. But I, this is my end of the ice. Your end of the ice, go ahead, create. Be whatever you can be. Do whatever you can do and follow some simple concepts. So um, I don't think you're going to see that kind of control or manipulation from NHL coaches. Uh, this is interesting because we have a guy who was not only an NHL coach, but a general manager as yep. well. And I think that when you get into these bigger picture things, like this is the stuff that I really want to dig into with our guy, Mike Milbury, who's with us here for about the next hour or so from timeout market, right down the street from Fenway park. The Bruins fans are starting to fill in already, not only to take in our show and the greatness of Mike Milbury, but also getting ready for the Bruins and the Penguins. Yeah, this is a neat place, by the way. I mean, this whole area has changed so much oh, yeah. from when I was a kid. To I could much. only imagine. It's just, you know, it was all beat up, and the Sears building was next door, and, you know, yep. it was uh, it was entirely different than 
than what I'm seeing now. But this place is kind of a cool venue. It's and you see Bruins sweaters everywhere. everywhere. It's the merch fan- tents are working. Oh, no question about it. And, of course, a little rink to our right over here yep, as well. There's a bunch of little people who are out there skating and all that as well. So uh, we'll continue our conversation with Mike Milbury because there's a lot to dig into. And I think some fun stuff to dig into as well. We'll continue with that. We are on alert for Matthew Judon. He should be joining us at some point here before 1 o'clock. Of course, it is a Patriots Monday as well. Here is Terp back at WEI Command Central. He is ready to trend. Now, here's what's trending on WEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Patriots defeated the Miami Dolphins 23-21 yesterday, keeping their playoff hopes alive. The Patriots scored their seventh defensive touchdown of the season with the Kyle Duggar pick six, which is the most in team history and the most by any team since the 2017 Jaguars. Now with the win over the Bills on Sunday, the Patriots will be heading to the playoffs for the second consecutive season. The Celtics had their four-game win streak snapped in last night's 123-111 loss to the Nuggets. There was a 35-minute delay in the fourth quarter of that one after a Robert Williams dunk bent the rim. The Celtics are back in action tomorrow as they take on the Thunder. And the Bruins host the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 2023 Winter Classic from Fenway Park. Puck drop is set for 2 o'clock. I'm Justin Turpin, and that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. We're going to continue talking coaching and being a GM with Mike Milbury ahead of the Winter Classic next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're right back to it. This is the WEEI Classic Broadcast. Live from Time Out Market on WEEI. WEEI. timeout market getting you ready for Bruins hockey this afternoon at Fenway Park the winter classic the Bruins are going to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins at Scratch it's Andy Hart and Mike Milbury is with us until about uh, noon or so and we got into talking about coaching and then I got GM questions and things like that and I know Andy had mentioned you Mike about the you know playing the matchup game and things like that and you know, is it just the way of the world in terms of moving maybe your forwards up and down and around a little bit? You get a ding, you get an injury. And what is the law of diminishing returns of being someone who tinkers versus someone who tinkers too much? 
You know what? It's a great question. Uh, coaches have options. I mean, we've seen the perfection line, and they broke that up, which I think was the, the right idea. And we've seen Taylor Hall on that second line. Now he's on the third line with Coyle. It doesn't seem to bother him. Um, I'm thinking that the comfort level between the coaches and his decision-making and his explanation of the decision-making makes it a lot easier. So if you can get to people, listen, this is why I'm doing this. I'm not trying to you know, stress you out. We need a change here. Our penalty killing's not doing something. Our power play's not doing something. But, you know, what you have as a coach basically are your words. You know, you don't want to start banging guys publicly. And Bruce Cassidy, who I think is a great coach, did that a little bit. I think that was part of his demise. You can't, you can't get away with that. You can't embarrass him in front of his teammates. It's a different world. It's a lot more touchy-feely. And, and, but, you know, get out your dictionary, study your words, and find out how you can get to these people. <laughs> with, you know, just find a way to talk to them in a way that they can relate to you. And that's the way it's going to be. Eventually, you may have to yank somebody's ice time if you want to get his attention. But you shouldn't have to get to that. I mean, that should be your your next to last uh, that's like a last resort yeah, yeah the last resort is there to you. say something publicly right and you've, you've, you've you may have burned a bridge by doing that so you bring that up with bruce cassidy and i'm not going to pretend to know the intimate relationship he had with individual players but public perception is players didn't like cassidy cassidy's gone they bring in montgomery they like montgomery they're a great hockey team how much truth is there to that, or how much is that just coincidental? They were a good hockey team under Bruce Cassidy, a very good hockey team under Cassidy. Um, a lot of things happened there. I don't know exactly what happened. I, I don't think it was Jake DeBrus saying he wanted to make a change, although that was clearly had become an issue between he and Cassidy. I think there were other things, as I mentioned, the public criticism. And, you know, it's my understanding that there was, you know, Don Sweeney had no choice in this thing. It was basically you got to you got to do this, mm-hmm. and we got to move on. And so they moved on, and now they they've got a guy who, you know, I, I keep finding out more about him. Um, Matt Porter had something in the Globe last week about what during the break he called several different coaches. He called Scotty Bowman. What do you what do you do when you have this kind of success? And Bowman says, you know, focus on details. He called Mike Babcock. Babcock said, you know pick a particular facet of the game and try to perfect it and he called Joel Quenville who said enjoy the ride you know which is not a bad <laughs> bit of advice so I, I like the fact that he's exploring continues to explore things um, I like the fact that he's he still seems honest but he, he he's Mr. Rogers right I mean he's everybody's good everybody's a wonderful day in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if he he takes off his skates and puts on his slippers and his sweater, right, <laughs> after practice. But, uh, I mean, it's not broken now, and it's it's going really well, and even if there is turbulence, to coin that phrase. But I, I clearly think he's got the ability to touch players, to reach players, and that, that is the most important thing about being a coach. Now, there were the years when Claude was here where it was we're too defensively responsible. It felt like Bruce Cassidy at times might have leaned that way, but they did score, and now it looks completely different. So I guess me as a hockey neophyte, I ask, are they being, does it look like they're just being defensively responsible because they're winning and scoring a bunch of goals? Is that defensive responsibility still there? Like to someone who doesn't know necessarily the X's and O's schematically of what we're watching, how is that balance kind of working out? Because there's a lot of Bruins fans, and again, I got a 20-year-old stepkid who was as big a Bruins fan as there was, and a part of the reason that he started to sour a little bit was because I need more excitement, I want more goals, and this year has kind of brought him back a little bit. But in terms of the X's and O's, what is really – sort of the happy medium of being able to score but still playing that great defense at the same time at the beginning of the year uh the mantra was to get the defense involved in right. the play right how's that working out i mean it's not the, the, the production from the back end isn't uh, like any better than it was last year but they do make themselves available and i guess that gives defenses more things to consider or worry about um 
but clearly they're scoring goals at a better clip than anybody in the National Hockey League. I mean, but to answer your point, and that is the name of the game. you got to score more goals than the other guys. But they have an experienced blue line now. And they've added Lindholm, who's one of, a premium defenseman in the league. I mean, a pre, this, is a, this is the best Sweeney trade he's ever made yep. by, by far. I mean, he, he, he gives them so many options. And imagine he, he can go to Lindholm and McAvoy at the end of a game. Well, these are two top ten players in the National Hockey League as far as defensemen are concerned. But, you know, Forbert's been around for a while now. Grizzlick's no rookie anymore. I mean, uh, Connor Clifton's having his best season. Um, who am I missing in that group? I'm missing one more. Foligno. I'm not a defenseman. Uh, but anyway, they're, they're an experienced group. And then you take a look at their centermen. I mean, Kretschy has trouble because once in a while because he's not very quick. Mm-hmm. And you see his plus minus is, you know, kind of borderline. But Bergeron knows his way around the rink, and so does Crutchy. And Charlie Coyle is big, strapping guy that can play in his own zone. And, and uh, you know, it's a good, solid group of responsible players who know how to get back and play defense. Grizzly, Carlo, Forbort, Carlo, Clifton, yeah, Zaboral, Carlo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big Zaboral fan, but he hasn't been able to get his way back in the lineup, but he is there for depth. And I, I just think that the, the six they have right now are, you know, comfortable in their shoes and I think that with a goaltender you know Hallmark is playing so well you know so when the defense the defense makes a mistake and the opposition cashes in everybody focuses in on your mistake right but if you you can make 10 mistakes and if the goalie makes 10 saves nobody remembers the damn play right it's just like just move on so a good goalie covers a multiple of sins during the course of a game and Hallmark right now is doing that in spades do you buy into the uh the last dance thing the last dance nature of this season with these guys bergeron and everybody else uh, i i i'm not sure i think it's the last dance i mean i don't know that they're going to come back bergeron and crecci at bargain basement numbers um i don't think i don't think bergie wants to play anyplace else although you could make a case at montreal or someplace that he could go and and the way he's playing It'll be his his decision, right? I mean, he's this is a kind of a career year for goal scoring, I think, for him. And Kretschy, I mean, he's never been fast. He'll never be fast. But this is a guy that's led the postseason in scoring twice. And not too many guys can put that on their resume. He's a terrific player. And it just might be that they're having his, so much fun that they want to do it again. And, uh, you know, that'll be maybe a money choice for them or – for the club but I, I mean i wonder if winning factors in as well yeah like no. if they get home and they win the whole thing it's a well we did what we set out to do or does everybody just go or do they say or do you say i want to win i want to back to back try to do it again right? yeah uh, well and i actually think that you know the postenark saga is interesting and i think it plays into this like if i'm postenark of course i want my payday i want i want the paycheck but I want to know who's going to be my center, too. I mean, if these two guys leave, what's next? Right. I mean, where are they going with that? And, he, you know, he's in the prime of his career. Um, and I don't think anybody likes to have any more fun than Pasternak, right? I mean, right. he wants to giggle and laugh and have a good time. Even in the post-game interviews, he's having a great time. Walking in with those funky suits that he wears. Right. It's just, this guy's all about having fun. And I, I would be surprised if he didn't have that in the back of his mind. If I'm going to be playing here for the next 10 years i'd like to know that there's a plan in place to to replace Bergie and crecci and give me somebody that can get me the puck but so at some I, point if you hand him 80 90 100 million dollars isn't he the plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> isn't but, he supposed know, to make the others <laughs> no no he, you you're you're right in some <laughs> senses but the center position is so critical to team success i mean you got to go the full 200 feet playing both ends of the ice distributing pucks making sure that you can score a little on your own it's uh i mean and they've been blessed with these two guys for and that three guys i mean i i charlie coyle is the best third line center in the league for me i mean he he's i bagged on him early in the year and the guy has played fantastic this season i gotta give him credit motivated him 
Well, because I wondered about, it's like, okay, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. I've heard enough about this guy. When does he not be the third line center? When, like, you had to go on bended knee to go bring Krejci back. And I understand there was taking care of Pasta in that as well. For me, my criticism of Coyle was, all right, when are you going to move up the roster? Like, if Bergeron's no, there, never. I can live with that. Never. You it like him not, as the third I, line. Third, all the, from the beginning, I never thought that, you know, he's a big, strong player, controls the puck down low can take it to the net, take some punishment, give some punishment, responsible in his own zone. He's the perfect third-line setter. When they brought him up to the second line, no, 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 that's a bad fit. I mean, that's the just, it's not that he's a bad player. It's just that's not his So my strength. expectations were out of whack, really, I now hearing so. it from you. Yeah, because I mean, my thought was he's young, he's been in the system for a while. Why wouldn't he eventually move up? But it is a fair point. They moved him up. It wasn't good. You leave him in the third line. Right. Nobody complains about him, really. Not at all. I mean, I, and you, you need to have balance through your lineup, and he brings that balance with Hall on one side and whoever's playing the right side. It's a, you know, it's a line the other, the other organizations have to be aware of. You know, you have to plan for defensing that team. You have to plan for a matchup of, of sorts. So uh, I, I think he's... I think he's fun to watch in that position. So I want to ask you about Pasta because there is the looming specter of the big contract, but there's also the... Pasta well, doesn't think it's a looming specter. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's a looming Brinks truck but is it what is. it is. But it's also like, you know, we talked to Razor about this a little bit, and in the NHL you got to worry about the Canadian dollar and the loony and figuring out what the cap is going to be for next year. You were in the role of being a GM and trying to manage all this. So how how do you, like if you're Don Sweeney, how do you go about trying to get down the road with Pasternak while you're waiting for information from the league to know sort of what you're working with next year? Yeah, I, I think they have an idea of where the cap is going to be for next year. But it, it's, there's so many balls to juggle because it's not just Pasternak. It's Krejci and Bergeron again, right? I mean, I don't know who else is up for a contract on the roster right now. I haven't given a lot. But of those guys get top priority, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. They get top priority. But he's got to juggle a lot of things, and it's it, the cap is hard in this league, and it's hard to manage. And but you got to manage it. And I would think that probably some of this delay in getting the deal done was because. There are so many questions, and there are so many things that he has to be concerned with, and there's so many uncertainties. And so you want to – you don't have to norm, get a hometown discount per se. He's going to have to pay big money for this guy. There isn't any question about that. But how big is enough, and how much can I, can I whittle away here in this contract and save it for another one down the line? Because I still need 23 players on the roster. And, and I have only so many dollars to spend. So when you get one of those guys, let's take Chicago, for example. They paid Kane and Tapes. And what did they get after they paid him? Not much. Nope. Not much. I mean, I, I mean, Kane and Tapes fell off the table, one of my favorite players. And, and uh, come back a little bit this year, a little bit better season. Kane comes and goes. Everybody thinks he's going to get traded. But, you know, signing those long-term deals for guys and pasta hasn't won it it's like it's not like these guys won it three times or at least twice before they got their money but you, you sign 10 years you have no idea what you're getting down the line this is uh, feels like a discussion we had forever in the nfl with brady oh brady takes less some of the other quarterbacks because he wants to be surrounded by talent how much of that is a a discussion on the management level in the nhl and on the player level like is pasta willing to be you know underpaid so that others can be around him? I would say no right now. I would say for him, no. Like Bergeron and Krejci got their candy, and they could take a little less right. and, and, and be happy with it just because they wanted to play together and have a fun year. It's not like they're, they need to take out another mortgage. Here right. I mean, they're still getting paid a lot of money, but they, they're doing this because they have a, you know, a sense of this could be fun again. This could be really a lot. We could have... And, you know, the only guy that saw this coming was Neely. I know you've seen the clips every once in a while. Like, this is a special group where we can do something together. I said, you know, he's the only guy in town that thought this was going to happen. But but I, I got to say that Postnock has to – he's going to have to be paid in a big way this time. He's not going to say, listen, I, sorry, I, you know, 
I, I want my that. 11 million per. Right. Yeah. And that's what it's going to be. And that's not unrealistic. The question is, do you do it? Or that's where it gets to, and Mike, you brought this up, the whole who am I going to be playing beside. Right. That's where Hart, as you mentioned, maybe you sort of open that door of the, all right, here's some of the scenarios that we could sort of work through. And if David Pasternak decides, well, I don't need 11 million a year, but I can do nine, maybe going up to nine and a half at some point. Mike, to your point, like a million or a million and a half dollars extra in the NHL, if you're smart, that could get you two players at the bottom of the roster that might be able to help you. Whereas in in some in the NBA, a million bucks doesn't really do anything. In the NFL, you can get a special teams guy. But hell, look on this roster. There are guys that are playing for a million, million one, a million two, who are key parts of this organization right now. So trying to shave it, like I could see both sides of it. Possibly and we're talking about like, them being one of the deepest teams. Exactly like right. And an elite team, you would think. And how does that all sort of tie into each other? It's crazy to think that nine million a year versus eleven million a year for someone like David Pasternak could make a massive difference in the way the Bruins put their team together. Yeah, it does. I mean, when it's as hard a cap as this one is, it, every dollar does count. And and um, from what I'm gathering, it's not going to go up that much next year. Right. So they don't have that much more room. But if I'm the player. And I'm his age, and I'm only going to go around this one time, this this big number. He's got to get this You've one. Got to get it now. Got to get it now. I would be, if I was his age, and I'd be digging my heels in. And, you know, and if he doesn't get it here, he's definitely getting it somewhere else. Right. He's definitely getting it somewhere else. Could he get more somewhere else, or do you think it will all be relative? Meaning, like, you know, if here it's 11, somebody gives him an 11 and a half, okay. But on an eight-year deal, that's only $4 million more in total. Would he look at that and $4 say, $4 million dollars doesn't impress you? No, $4 million, $4 million over Guess eight years he's doing okay. Yeah, right. But if he's playing in a 2,300-seat arena in Phoenix and, you know, with swamp ass, he might get a little miserable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's pride involved here, too. You know, you, you put yourself now, he's put himself in amongst the elite players in the game all you have to do it's easy to you know when i played we didn't know what anybody else made everybody <laughs> kept it a secret i was like i fought as a player up i fought like hell to have salaries revealed so you could go in and say all right this guy from new york is making yeah. fifty thousand dollars i want to make fifty thousand dollars the only time we ever had leverage was when the wha was around i remember my first contract was playing here at thirty-five thousand for the year what year was that? Not that a curiosity. That was in 78. Okay. 78, wow. 79. Uh, and so, but I went in um, to get a renewed contract, and Harry was giving me like 50 or something like that. Uh-huh. And so uh, I went to the, the agent, went to the WHA, to the Whalers, and the Whalers were up to around ninety, ninety-five thousand. And I, I mean, I didn't want to leave the Bruins. And the, you know, there was this. This is where I grew up. This is I wanted to play for the Bruins, but but the money was like if they'd gone to a hundred thousand, I was gone. I right. was out yeah. the door. But finally, the Bruins moved up and got to a reasonable level, and you know, close to seventy or something like that. That was enough to close the door. I just, I, I always loved the conversion calculators for what it was back in the day. So $65,000 in 1978 would be the equivalent now of about $297,000. And when you think of it, whether it's back then or now, you realize, oh, my God, what a bargain that was yeah. <laughs> compared to now where the low-end guys are, are making uh, a couple hundred grand. We have some questions from Mike Milbury. We're going to do a little Ask Milbury next. <laughs> We're at Time Out Market. Did you sign up for this? I, right I, down the street. I, I, please. <laughs> are you kidding me? There's no hot water. He's not sitting on the boiling water or the pot on the stove or anything. But we'll have some fun with uh, Mike Milbury as we get ready for the Winter Classic next. W-E-E-I. I love E-E-I, W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England's Sports Original. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the WEEI Classic Broadcast. Live from Time Out Market with Gresh, Art, Raycroft, and Milbury on WEEI. Let's do a little uh, Ask Mike Milberry here. It's Gresh, it's hard, it's Mike Milberry, and uh, he's hanging out with us until uh, noon, and then uh, we'll be a bon vivant, walking around Fenway Park. Will this be among the, how, how many times have you just strolled around Fenway Park, let's say? I'm wondering, like you're walking in where there's a bunch of hockey fans, versus when you're there and it's a bunch of baseball fans, and... You know, they know how to use a bat, you know how to use a stick, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm curious for you, just kind of strolling around, how many, uh, um, h- how you'll hear it. Yeah, I, I hear it mostly positively. <laughs> I but, uh, right, good. But, that's, well, that's because know, people know. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've made a you, mistake on defense. You've driven from uh, Richmond to Rochester once with a broken nose, <laughs> yeah. as you told us off air. So uh, No, it, it's... Um, we talked about it earlier. It's a fun gathering. People are in a good mood. It's the holiday season. It's the New Year's come and gone, and we're are, are, are arrived, and we're, um, you know. So it's it's sort of a feel good. It's, it's supposed to be a feel good day, and it yep. is. And most of the time, there are feel good people. There are a couple of not so feel good. Oh, people of course, out there, but, but it, there's you know, one in every crowd at least. There yeah. is there is one in every crowd. Well, let's do a little uh, ask Milberry. I wrote down five questions to throw your way. And uh, let's start with this, Mike Milberry. Who is the best player right now in the NHL and why? Connor McDavid, uh, because his, well, there's a number of things, but I've always said to my kids that if you can't skate, you can't play. And (laughs) nobody skates like this guy. His change in speed, the ability to pick up speed when he carries the puck, it's uncanny. Usually you get the puck and you slow it down a little bit, but this guy picks up speed. And he's got this wide track that's just, uh, I mean, it puts him into a different gear. And uh, it's, it's sad for me that we don't see him more often and we don't see him on a team that's not in Edmonton. You know, I mean, that's, right. it's... Uh, and the fact that they can't figure it out, you know, get a goddamn goalie, will you? I, mean, <laughs> I think we have loud. our quote of the day. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, it's not hard, Edmonton. Get a goalie. I mean, and so, but he is a creative, dynamic. I mean, he's also a minus player right now, which is sad. I mean, it shouldn't happen with well, a guy that skilled. Where is he all time? Because we talk about Mike Trout, and everybody does the Trout. Might be the greatest baseball player of all time. We're watching him, and Who's he won can't nothing. go to the playoffs. Right. Yeah. He can't win anything. Where is Connor McDavid in sort of the all-time hierarchy, or where will he be potentially? Uh, I, that, he could be at the top, but he won't be if he doesn't have multiple rings at some point at the end of his career. I mean, all the guys that you talk about, when you talk about the best player that ever lived, you know, whether it's... Lemieux or Gretzky or Orr or, you know, Messier, they all have multiple cups. Not only were they prolific players, but they won championships, and you can't be included in that group unless you do win championships. And that may be unfair, but it is what it is. I spent the first 15 years of my life in Western PA, and to hear you say Lemieux makes me very happy because that's how (laughs) I got hooked on hockey was it's this guy who's 6'6", and they, in part, changed some rules because he was getting mugged all the time. Yeah, well, he was, in large part, responsible for the rule change by bitching about it. Well, there is that. <laughs> you know, but yeah. here's a guy that had cancer. He had back surgery. To me, he's the greatest player that ever lived. Wow. That's going to get that, in yeah, trouble. How's that make I, little Gresh feel? I've said that before, but people are like, ah, they want to just His opinion you, means more than yours. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, trust I, me. I've I'm, had this conversation, and, you know, let's go down this slippery slope. I have Orek, too. Okay. Um, different position, but he was so, I mean, so great. Both had, should have had longer careers. And the three will surprise you. Messier. 
Really? Because if he lined up against Gretzky and Gretzky was having a good night, he'd punch him in the face and that would be the end of it. (laughs) So that's why I have him there. He, what did he win? Six Stanley Cups? Yeah, when it was all said and done. Six. And he called a shot on one, which in that yeah. city. I'm not was, even sure he touched the puck on that goal. By he the may way. not, <laughs> but, but, but the legend lives. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The legend lives. And, of course, Gretzky has to be in that conversation. But, you know, unless I don't want to. He's first time beating up on Bergeron. Now I'm beating up on Gretzky. I know. No, I'm enjoying it. But I was proceed. <laughs> Where does Ovechkin get... fit in in all of this? Um. I mean, he's a great goal scorer. He's a great goal scorer. I mean, there's he's no... A, listen, I probably part of the reason... I mean, I used to have trouble all the time with my... Not really with my boss, but I'd complain about Ovechkin before he won the cup. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he can shoot. Okay, he's a big, strong guy. hit some guy. But can he, can he make a decent line change? Can he get <laughs> off the ice on time? <laughs> Does he have to stay out there for the full two minutes? Does he know what back-checking means? And I would say things of that nature, and then their owner, Ted Leontes, would call Gary Bettman, and Barry Gettman would call my boss, and you know how that stuff runs down <laughs> Oh, yeah, right? yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it would stop with me, and I said, well, is it true? And my boss, and my boss would say, yeah, it's true. So he, he kind of let me go. He said, just be careful and make sure you document it and that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I think he's truly one of the great players now. And But when they won the Cup, he was blocking shots. He was back checking. He was physical. He was. He was. He did all the things that I had been asking him to do, and I recognized that. And I, I said, this is a different. This is a different. Pro-. And it was Barry Trotz, the coach, that went over to see him in Russia and said, "You've got to change your ways if we're going to win a championship." They win a championship, and then, and the rest is history. The now, rest is history. now he's on his way to maybe being the all-time goal scorer yeah. when it's all said and done. Should I share my? Uh, I have a quote that I try to spread, so I'm going to share it with you because it sounds like you lived it. The truth is never mean. As long that's as you right. have the truth. That's, that's right. That's right. If you, it, that's right. <laughs> right? The truth is, you found yeah. the guy who's going to co-sign I mean, on your yeah. the truth. As long as I mean. criticize Mac Jones and right. whatever I say is true, I'm not being a mean bully. No. Or, your no. wife, does your Obviously. wife subscribe to that theory too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you pick your spots where you utilize the <laughs> there truth. There we go. Okay. Right? There it is. There Choosing it is. when and where to share it is sometimes an issue. As, as a writer... Yeah radio broadcaster as a tv analyst you're not doing your job if you don't do that it's It's true it's really and then but i I watch this crap that they're showing to me sometimes on tnt and espn and it's just like a dog and pony show what kind of weird outfit can you wear and how many how many people can you laugh at you know telling a bad joke it's just like where's the hockey stuff anymore right give me give me that back I don't, I don't get much of that from those guys. It's, some of them are great players. Some of them are great coaches. But I, I, I think the whole medium has changed significantly to more of a, what's entertainment than what's right. nuts and bolts of the sport. And, and the people are afraid. Are, leagues are partners right. now, too. And so everybody's it afraid to be negative. It never used to be that way. It was Especially you were a right holder and you did and your thing. And with social media, if yeah. you say something mean about somebody... Well, you get bombarded, and yeah. there's a lot of people in this world that don't want to deal with that. So it's just easier to say nice things, silly things, and if you say the negative. But you were right, and it, and it bore itself out in terms of when Ovechkin and the Capitals finally won a, a cup and they won a title. You noted the way that the guy needed to change, and you were a million percent right. And I don't think, you know, I really do think that there are a lot of players who are like, okay, what he's saying is right, but right. I'm just going to ignore it. Because I like what I'm doing and all that. And then that Barry Trotz piece of that business there, I had no idea that he had gone over and yeah. said, listen, if you're going to really... Because you also made a, a million-dollar point, Mike, of the if you don't have a cup, you're not in the room kind of feel. That's right. And that's very much in the sport of hockey. It's the you got to get that championship. That's the truest stamp of validation. It is. And... Uh... Looking for that ring here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did want to ask you, which team in the NHL is for real, and which team do you think is fool's gold? I think, well, I think the Bruins are for real. I think Tampa's window is, if not closed, pretty close to closed. Um, 
I don't think New Jersey's ready to make that move. I haven't watched Carolina enough, but what are they? Haven't lost in like eleven or twelve games now. They're, they've been something on silly fire. like that, yeah. yeah. And they got a goaltender, Kachakov or however you pronounce his name, who's now starting to turn it on, and that's a position that they obviously needed to fill. Brent Burns, they picked up from San Jose, the you know the he-man on the blue line that can can do it all back there. So they made what the hell happened there. The Rangers, who knows? They they started off so poorly, but then they've caught a wind and. I don't know if they have the depth to get it done. Um, so far, besides the the Bruins, the team that I've been most concerned about is is uh, Carolina. And believe it or not, last I checked, and maybe it's changed in the last couple of days. Can you guess the team with the second best goals against average in the league? Second best goals. Don't be looking against. at the damn. Yeah, he's I am rolling. Well, well, I want to well, make he sure. He said guess. I'm uh, waiting for you to give the right answer. I have no idea. I, I know it, but I don't want to still. I actually, I was going to say Winnipeg. Is it Toronto? Toronto, yes, which is amazing for me because, you know, their goaltending is a couple of veteran players have been around the league. Yep. They've lost Morgan O'Reilly for I don't know how long, and but somehow this offensive-minded team has figured out how to keep the puck out of its own end. And, it, and it's so quietly they've got my attention. 23-8-6. Normally, this is where Toronto would start to Toronto it up a little bit and screw yeah. up a good thing. So, yeah. But where you started there was with the Bruins. Yes. So you believe in the Bruins. Does, does do. that mean it's cup or bust? Do they only have one? There's so many things that come I mean, into play in a playoff situation, notably health. Right. I mean, you lose Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand, you're not going to say they, they underachieved by right. getting to the conference final. But assuming that they stay healthy... The heat now is on to produce, to finish, to get past the finish line in first place. And so, yeah, there's, there's going to be pressure there. And part of this run that they're on, this ridiculous run of success, kind of prepares them for that. Because every team in the league now is ready for them. Well, you know, Buffalo comes in, and they've been playing well, and they look like a pretty darn good team. Ottawa, you know, has young kids and young legs, and they were challenging Boston all over the place. But... You know, they still managed to get a point in both of those games. And, you know, as we talked about, the break didn't do some of those guys any favors. I mean, they <laughs> had a good time, but... Uh, Lots of pasta. This was a yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a fantastic chat, because being able to pick the brain of a guy who was a coach and a GM as well is like next-level stuff. I just kind of nerd out on all that business end of things. And hopefully the Bruins take care of business here at Fenway and that it isn't just a soupy mess that they're going to be skating in. I think it'll be okay. Be Mike right. Milbury, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, suite today, and we love it that you're uh, on WEEI with Greg Hill on Thursday, correct? That's it. You got it. There we go. Mike, thank you. My pleasure. Hart thanks, and I guys. have got more from Time Out Market next. The exclusive home for Patriots Monday and Friday. WEEI. WEEI. New England Sports Original. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.